our Bible, and if you have it, if you don't have it and you got it memorized, I understand that. But let's say it. The Word of God <laughs> is true. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. And if I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. It is just that simple. It is just that simple. If we live the Word, we will be blessed. If we don't, we won't be. And I have a a word for you tonight as I was uh, praying about this last night. And I I must admit something to you. Uh, Yesterday got away from me, and and, uh, usually that's when I get ready for what is going to be happening Wednesday night, and, the, and, and it got away from me. And I said, God, I like it when you just drop something in my spirit. And so instantly, uh, <laughs> last night, it was about midnight, uh, in my spirit, I thought, I heard this word. And I just wrote it all down, and it just, it was like, not the word we're going to preach, by the way, but this word that I wrote down last night, and, and it was about five minutes, and I had it all down. It's like, God, this is really good. I, this is really good. And uh, the more I uh, looked at it, I thought, God, that is really good. And so I went to sleep, and I woke up this morning, and I just had that word going over and over in me, and I thought, well, that was great. Just, you know, five minutes, got that word, and everything is really great. I thought, gosh, that word sounds familiar to me. And <laughs> And the more I thought about it, the more familiar it sounded. That's so I went into my word, and I preached that word in the 1st of September, <laughs> just four weeks ago. And I thought, ah, that's why it sounds so familiar. And, and I said, God, I don't really think you gave me that word. And this is what I heard in my spirit. No, I didn't. <laughs> he just remembered that word. But the word that we do have tonight is a word that I believe is from the Lord for tonight. Because this morning... Well, not to pray. I just really started laughing. I said, God, you, you, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I realized what I did. I was just taking something that I had inside me. You should have every word that you've ever heard from the Lord inside you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you should be full of everything God has given you and that we don't want to forget it. We want it. Now, I don't want you to come in here every week and say, I thought he just preached that last week. No, I don't think we're going to do that. But, uh, but tonight, uh, I, I know that as I was praying about this word, it, it was really a word for me in things that I've been through in my life in the past, things that sometimes you go through in the present, and things that you will probably go through in the future. But how many of you have found that there are times in your life when you are riding high, and I mean to tell you, you are on that horse riding and galloping for the Lord, everything is great, and you just can't wait to get up at night, and can I see your hands of all those people? At one time or another, because there aren't enough hands, uh, at one time or another you felt that way and then the times when you really felt kind of weary and kind of discouraged can i see those hands we've had them we've had them all and our our perception and our view and our perspective of what's going on is going to affect how we handle it the victory is already ours i i had this example that went off in my in my spirit Right now in the news, if you follow the news and you hear me talk about the news a lot, I I believe that the news is lining up more and more every day prophetically with things that we've only thought about in the past. And now they're coming to pass. I don't know how many of you heard about it today, but Russia... 
has been providing air cover starting yesterday with for Iran to fly in and bomb in Syria and again has told the United States stay out of the way. We are providing air cover for Iran, and Russia and Iran are becoming yoked together by a common cause. They never would have done that before, but by a common cause, uh, Syria and Assad are yoking with Russia, and that entire area around Israel is becoming what prophetically is described in Ezekiel 38, Ezekiel 39. And if you look long enough, you can find a lot of bad things that are going on in the world. But God told us everything that was going to happen. It would be like being a football player and you're going out with the coach and the coach says, listen, I saw the game, and I know how it's going to end. Now, we're going to win the game. We're going to win at 24 to 21. God showed me a replay of the whole game, so everything is okay. Center, you're going to be okay, but you're going to break your leg in the third quarter, so, you know, we'll be carting you off. And over here, there's going to be something else. Well, if you're one of those players that came out okay, you're going to feel pretty good about it. But if you happen to be the center and you know you're going to break your leg during the game, you probably would have to stay focused a little bit on the victory versus, I wonder when I'm going to break my leg. Well, God God gave us a historical perspective in the Bible of past, present, and future so that we would be stable, so that we would know what to do by the leading of His Spirit and by His Word so that we would know that we're going to be okay. So tell your neighbor, we're going to be okay. Now, what you focus on is what you will be drawn to. And if you're focused on all the negatives in the world, you're going to be a little bit uptight about things. But if you're focused on the leading of the Holy Spirit and what God is showing you to focus on, then you're going to be okay. Your mind is going to stay renewed and you'll be all right. Years and years ago, when I was in the service, uh, they, we had a weapon that was relatively new. Back then, it was a top-secret thing. Today, most people have a weapon like this. But it was called a Sidewinder missile, and it flew on the FAU aircraft. And the Sidewinder missile, once it was fired, it immediately locked on to heat. And it didn't matter how fast the heat was moving, the missile would overtake the heat. And so it was a missile that once you fired it in the direction of the heat, it would lock on to the heat, and it would eventually overtake that heat. We will eventually lock on to something with your mind. Turn to your, turn to your mind. No, just tap your mind. If you're not sure, it's right up here. Just look and, and, and just say, my mind will focus on something. Can I see the hands of all the people? You know, that's true. Your mind is going like this all the time, trying to focus. And sometimes we're trying to calm our mind down. And what we really need to do is just focus our mind and it will calm down. And we focus our mind on what does the Word of God say. We have the victory. Everything has been taken care of. We're going to walk in the victory, and we have abundance. When Brad was talking, I was thinking about this message. We have abundance. You have abundance in your life in the area of your finances, and it is not dictated by the checkbook. It is dictated by the Word of God. If the Word of God says you have abundance, it's settled. Tell you tell your neighbor, it's settled. Whatever the Word of God says, that's what you have. That is your covenant right. You can go to your checkbook and you can say, you know, my checkbook doesn't look like I have abundance. But don't be moved by your checkbook. Be moved by what the Word of God says. The Word of God says you have abundance for every good work. I know as the pastor of this church, 
There are times with our offerings and with our outreaches and with our mission support and everything that we have abundance in the spirit and in the checkbook. Now, I prefer it in the spirit and in the checkbook. But there are times when we have it in the spirit. I don't see it in the checkbook, so I'm not going to be looking in the checkbook. But it's nice to know it's in there. And I remember one time. Years ago at Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, sitting in Pastor Billy Joe Doherty's office, he's in heaven now, and he had a, we had a group that met every once a week out there and went through everything, and we went through the finances, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. The finance director was there and said, Pastor, we have a serious problem. I said, what's the problem? I said, the, offer, the offering Sunday was really low extremely extremely low and that was a huge church back then it's 15,000 now back then it was about 9,000 and I said what was the offering he said we were down about $15,000 on the offering and I'll never forget Billy Joe sitting there like this and he said well let's start praising God for what we have let's not look at what we don't have and we all sat there and began to praise God because we were having in the sight realm a $15,000 problem. But in the spiritual realm, we were praising God for abundance. Does that make sense? Turn to your neighbor and tell them that makes sense. So we're not going to be praising God for what we don't have. We're going to be praising God for what we do have and the Word of God. All of us have been blessed by God and have blessings coming upon us and overtake us if we will continue to focus on them. Now, Jesus said something so powerful in John chapter 10. You know the Scripture that the devil comes to kill steal and to destroy and he does that in your mind he tries to get you to disengage from what god wants you to lock into based on the word of god we know that the word of god says that if we submit to god and resist the devil he will flee james chapter 4 verse 7 but we also know Every single one of you probably know this, that he will flee from you, but he'll come back again. Can I see the hands of all the people? You know he's coming back again sometime or another. It's just a question of when he comes and what the plan is that he's going to bring. But if we're submitted to God, meaning living his word, breathing his word, speaking his word, then we are going to have what Jesus said. And Jesus said in the first part of John 10 that the devil does come to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I've come to give, it life, give you life and more abundant life. And that abundant is over and above and excessive and profuse. It, means, it basically means if you study it in the concordance, everything you'll ever have need of, you will have if you'll focus upon me. And that's why we, in this time frame that we live in, need to focus upon all of the promises that God has given to us. Certainly, I am big it's studying end-time prophecy. And I know some of the rest of you uh, are too. Some of you I've talked with, Greg and Brenda and others, uh, that you're really into the prophetic word. But don't ever concentrate on all of the things that are going to happen that are going to bring a heaviness on you or a fear on you or a concern that I am not going to make it. God told us how the game is going to end and how we're going to play the game if we're going to play it right. And he, the, a lot of people are really concerned that there's going to be a great falling away. Way. Why would you be concerned about something that God told you is going to happen? God said there's going to be a great falling away. 
There's going to be a great revival. How do you manage the two? The great falling away? Let me see the hands of all the people. You know people who have fallen away from the body of Christ already. You can't do anything about it, or you already could have. You're going to stand for them. You're going to pray for them. You're going to believe they're going to get a revelation. You're going to believe they're going to come back into the body of Christ. But in the meantime, you're going to go on and bring somebody else into the body of Christ that's open so that you're going to be bringing that great revival in. But the Word of God says all these things are going to happen. But we are going to be thoroughly equipped. The man of God is going to be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God has called us to. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to be thoroughly equipped to do what God has called us to do. I'm going to have abundance, and you're going to have abundance. This is what happened right now. We, we are believing. We are not looking for, um, let me rephrase this. We don't have $50,000 laying around that we don't have any need for. Does that make sense? Okay. When I was talking to Pastor Stanley, and by the way, be sure you're here uh, this two weeks from, or a week from Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a powerful time with him here at 9, 11 o'clock talking about the history of, of our relationship and, and what's happening in the Sudan and all those precious children, what's going on over there. He still lives in a mud hut. And uh, with a grass roof, and he has a wife and four children. And uh, if if you would see it by our standards, uh, you would shake your head. Well, by their standards, that's how everybody lives. But we have encouraged them for a long time to find some type of a plan over there for a home that he could find. Well, he called me the other day, and and he found one. It was a fifty thousand dollar home based on the current. Uh, uh, currency value over there now. Right now it's trading really well, the American dollar to the pound. So it's going to be about $50,000. About a year ago, the house was going to be $80,000. Now the house is going to be $50,000. And all of a sudden, when I'm talking to him, he's not asking us for anything. I am probing him. What's the situation with the house? And he says, well, we can get the house now for $50,000. Now, let's all say it. I have, and we have, abundance for every good work. How many of you believe that? But I didn't see it in the checkbook. So it really wasn't like, Stanley, we'll build that house for you. It was a question of God, what do you want us to do? But we will always have abundance for every good work when we speak and believe the Word of God and that whatever God said... We're going to have it. We are not part of this world economy. We are part of God's economy, and that everything that God tells us to do, we have it in the bank account. His heavenly bank account, we have it. If God tells us to build a house for $50,000, guess what God's going to do? He's going to somehow, some way, get $50,000 in here for that home. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. I don't even know for sure if he's going to have us do it. However, if he tells us to do it, guess what we're going to do? We're going to do it because it is an assignment from God. The Word of God says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 50, 
5 through 57. It says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, what's going to happen if Syria continues to fall and if uh, if uh, Iran becomes dominant over there, and if Russia continues to send their forces into the Middle East, and they surround and Egypt falls, and if Lebanon goes, which is already gone, most of those, that's not practically a country over there. What's going to happen to all of us? We're going to be steadfast, we're going to be immovable, and we're going to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. What happens if ISIS comes to America and they plant cells throughout America, which some people believe they already have? We are going to be... Not bad, but now let's say it again. Steadfast, immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. Do we hope it doesn't happen? Yes. Is there a possibility it could happen? Yes. But we are not going to be moved by what we see. We're going to be moved by what we believe. Jesus said in in one of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible, John chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified when you bear much fruit. That word abide means to become one with and to coil about. It would be like walking through a forest and seeing a tree with uh, uh, roots of another tree that came up on, on it. My goodness, I'm bleeding somewhere. Hmm. Hallelujah. Anybody got a Band-Aid? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, That's what happens when you take blood thinner. You get a little cut and it starts to bleed. Uh, Anyway, do you have a... Yeah, I'll take whatever you got there. Hallelujah. I hadn't planned to do that. This is not an illustrated sermon. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, uh, it it, it becomes one. It becomes rooted in in one here. And uh, that's right. I think it stopped. Hallelujah. I don't know what I did here. Thank you, dear. Give her a hand. <laughs> Medical attention. Brenda, where's your packet? Where's your... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Brenda, Brenda. Hey, how many of you have had uh, CPR training? What do we call that? CPR training? Is that what you call it? CPR? How many of you had CPR training? How many of you have not had... Let me see your hands. How many of you would like to have it? Those of you that don't. Okay, we're going to make available through the good graces of Brenda Hatfield for you to be able to take a class on that. We'll give you the dates a little bit later on, but uh, it's going to be a great class. You're going to learn a lot from it. And uh, I did really well in the class, but really poor on the test. But that's okay. I can save save somebody. I may not pound on you enough times, but you're going to live if I get around you. (laughs) So anyway, John chapter 15, Jesus is talking 
and he's giving us that scripture to stand upon that he has overcome the world. And that's why when we look at, at a couple of other scriptures here, First John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, I want to give you this scripture too because the world is going to go through and is going through a tremendous, tremendous shaking right now. In First John chapter, and you know people even in the body of Christ that are being shaken. First uh, John chapter 5 verse 4 and 5 says, For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Well, do you and I believe that Jesus was the Son of God? Uh, if you're here and you believe that, then your faith has overcome everything that is in the world. And that even though the world and the perilous times are coming, we're going to be thoroughly equipped for everything that's going on. And that the Holy Spirit is beginning to speak to people right now that are listening and planting the written Word of God in their spirit and the current manna of the Holy Spirit, writing it down as the plan for their life, and that then you will be ready as that thoroughly equipped person for this time frame that we're entering into. You'll be ready for the season. Every single one of you, and you've heard me say this many times before, should have a prayer journal that you are writing continually what you think God is showing you, even though you have no clue how you can do it. And one of the first things that happens to me continually as God is showing me things is I think about the things he's showing me, and everything seems to have a price tag attached to it. It's going to cost something. And I have a tendency to want to look at the budget. I have a tendency to want to look at my checkbook. I have a tendency to want to look at the church checkbook. I have a tendency to want to look at Victory World Outreach checkbook, but God is sovereign, and if he's telling you something that he's going to have you do, he'll pay for it. Turn to your name and tell him, God can write a big check. You don't know how it's going to happen. That's why we don't lean to our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we acknowledge him, and he will direct our steps. God, what do you want me to do? How many of you were in the military? <clears throat> When you were in the military, I probably used this example before, when you received your orders, you never thought how you're going to pay for it. You never thought how you were going to eat. You never thought where, it's really Matthew chapter 6. You never thought about the clothes you were going to wear. You never thought about your hat or whether you'd have the right clothes for the right weather. You never thought about where you were going to live and how you were going to pay for your rent. You never thought about your utilities. You never gave a thought to anything other than here are my orders. Now I expect everything that I have need of to come upon me and to overtake me because I am following my orders. Am I correct in what I said? Now we had full faith and confidence in the United States government and our military type, whatever branch of the military we were in, that they would take care of all of those things for us. 
translate that a little bit into the realm of the spirit with God. Do you think that God can do a better job? By the way, I'm going to give you the answer to this. It's yes. Do you think that God can do a better job of the, than the United States government of supplying for you? We've got to all be saying yay and amen right now. Yes, and that is exactly what we do then. We get to the point when we know that I am going to walk in the victory that I already have. Now, this happens in my life a lot. I don't always see the victory in my natural eyes. Sometimes I can become a little disappointed and a little weary. Can I see the hands of all the people that you say preaching to me now? I feel the same way. But what happens is when God will shake me and get my attention, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. I'm focusing on what I don't have or what I don't see instead of what he said. Does that make sense? I'm focusing. I don't, I don't see what he said, and I don't have what I need to do what he said, so therefore I must have missed God. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's not true. It's not true that you miss God. It's true you may not have in the natural realm what you need to do, what he's called you to do. But in the realm of the spirit, that thing is coming. And it's coming at the appointed time. And if you'll not let go of it, it's coming upon you and it's going to overtake you if you'll not go away from what God said. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. That determines the situation. I had a lady one time. Now, I have been a little foolish with my health. I'm getting better, but I have been a little foolish. But one time, uh, this is years and years ago, I, was, I, I had a challenge. I went to the hospital, and the doctor said, you, you, you have a problem with your heart. And I said, no, I, I don't have a problem with my heart. And she said, well, yes, you do. It was doctor. Any of you know Dr. Ishmael? Dr. Ishmael has since moved to Alba, uh, New Mexico. She's a wonderful cardiologist. And so she was, she was with me in the room, and she said, you, you, you have a challenge, and you have two blocked arteries, and we're going to send you to Indianapolis to have stents. And I said, I don't think I need them. And she said, yes, you do need them. And uh, so finally she came back a little bit later, and I said, couldn't it be something else? I said, can you just think of something else that I could have wrong with me? This is about six years ago. She said, yeah, yeah it could be a gallbladder. I said, really? I said, well, I'll take that. And, uh, and, and, and she started to look at me, and she said, Mr. Mickler, I want you to know that denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> I started laughing. I said, okay, okay, I will cooperate with you, but I want you to know this. I'll cooperate with you, but I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And that this body is fearfully and wonderfully made. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, your body is fearfully and wonderfully made. Now turn back to him and say, now take care of it. <laughs> you do have to take care of the earthly tent and do and exercise and eat right and all those kind of things. <clears throat> but even though I had to do something I didn't want to do, it did not change what I believe. I believed I was healed by the stripes of Jesus. Did I end up with two stints? Yes, I believe that was the leading of the Holy Spirit for whatever I didn't do right in my life. But I still believe I was healed by the stripes of Jesus because I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm going to be moved by what I believe. And therefore, you can run the race that God has for you. Can you say amen to that? One of the most powerful Words in the entire Bible, I believe, is what Jesus spoke 
to the devil when the devil confronted him in the wilderness. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And Jesus first responded by this. Man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What is proceeding from the mouth of God? We have the source coming from God himself. We have the source coming from uh, uh, God the Son. We have the source coming from God the Holy Spirit. In other words, we have the Trinity that is inputted into the believers in this earth if they will receive it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The weak say, I am strong. The poor say, I am rich. Why do we do that? That sounds like a contradiction. God himself speaks things that are not as if they were. That's Romans chapter 4, verse 13. If God himself speaks things that are not as if they were, then what should we do? We should be, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, imitators of God as dear little children. How do I imitate God? Well, God speaks things that are not as if they were. If God assigns us to help Stanley build the house of $50,000, then we have $50,000. It's just a question of when God's going to bring the deposit into us. So we begin to speak what we don't see or have with our natural eyes, but we begin to speak it by faith that we have whatever is needed to accomplish what God has given us to accomplish. That's what imitating God is like. That's what living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If the joy of the Lord is our strength, then we need more joy because we need more strength. If Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 11, I've come to give you my joy so that your joy may be full, we need to take what has been given to us. One of the things that happens to all of us, myself included, when I start to become a little bit weary, when I start to become a little bit unfocused in the way that I should be, I start to lose my joy. Can I see all the hands of the people? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And your joy starts to go. Once your joy starts to go, your strength starts to go. Jerry Seville wrote a book years ago, oh, probably 20, 30 years ago now. If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. But if he can steal your joy, he'll have you like a yo-yo. Down one moment, up the next moment, down again, up again, down again. And then remember, they used to go to sleep too if you could do it long enough. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, only the yo-yo infection arrows. Is that the right word? Is that a good word, Brad? I said it wrong. I know that, but we'll move on. Now, if you really, if you really get to this, we, we had a couple in our church one time that were visitors here. And I made a slip of the tongue because we are not any type of an affiliation church like this church, you know, like a, a, a Methodist church or a Presbyterian church, a denominational. Nothing wrong with, well, that's not true. There are some things wrong with denomination churches. <laughs> Gee, I've been studying some of them. Gee, it is amazing what they're doing. Rephrase that. I made a statement that we are, I forget how I made it. I, even after I made it and Pam, I told the story to Pam. She said, yeah, I remember you saying that. We are not what I would call a word of faith movement church. Does that make sense? There used to be a movement and it was called word of faith. And years ago, it was, I'm talking about a group now. And they got a little, little funny in some of the stuff they did. And, uh, and, and it was just a little far out there. Well, 
we are word of faith. It is faith. It is the word of God. It is. Everything works by faith. It is the word. It is the word. It is the word. It is the word of faith. But when I use the terminology, we're a word of faith church or something like that, the people left. Now, they were, they were only here once. Uh, so it wasn't like we knew them But when they left. But they were kind enough to send a letter back, a very nice letter stating, we've had experience with word of faith churches, and we just don't feel to be a part of that. I knew where they were coming from. I shouldn't have used the terminology word of faith like a movement, but we are all based on the word of faith. The word produces faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you hear in your mind and in your spirit, the word of God, the more you will react to the word of God and the more you will reveal the word of God. And that's why many times we encourage people when you hear the word, not only speak it, not only read it, but write it. There's something that happens. I don't know scientifically how this works in the body, but I know educationally it works. What you hear, you retain for a percentage. What you hear and read, you pertain for a large, you, you contain, you can. That's not the word I'm looking for. Brad, help me out here. You retain. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> You retain it longer. What you hear and read and write down, it is like exponentially goes way up your retention rate. That's why it's so important with children and with adults too. Write it down. Write it down. That's why you got to get this prayer journal. I can't tell you how many people I have counseled and have said, "What do you keep a prayer journal?" Well, no, I don't. Well, yeah, I used to. If you don't have a prayer journal, you don't know what God's saying. And some people say, well, yes, sir, I can remember. You cannot remember everything God's telling you. You will forget some of the bits and pieces. But if you have it written down, you will be able to continually read it just like your Bible, and you'll know why you're on this earth. You'll know what God's plan is because it'll be a straight line for you showing you exactly what he wants you to do if you really continually focus on that. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when Jesus said, man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that produces our faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Tell your neighbor, I walk by faith and not by sight. Now, one of my greatest heroes in the entire Bible, and maybe it's because I can relate to him, is uh, Joshua. And, and Joshua uh, was an understudy to Moses, and I, I've shared on Joshua in this church for years and uh, off and on. And I've, I was always fascinated at how humble Joshua was to serve Moses. And then when God spoke to him in the book of Joshua 1, 8, and 9, but all of Joshua chapter 1, and, and, and said basically that Moses, uh, uh, that Joshua, if, if you'll meditate the Word of God day and night, you will make your way successful and you'll be prosperous. And don't be dismayed, don't be discouraged, but my, I'll be with you always. I'll always be with you. And that right out of that shoot, here comes Joshua, and he's following the Word of God. He's focused on what God said. He's not thinking about anything but what God said, and Jericho is absolutely annihilated by the most unsophisticated attack plan ever in the history of the Bible. And it happens exactly the way God wanted. And you would think that somebody like Joshua 
would just be so excited to wait to hear from God. The reason why I think he's my hero is because I know exactly what that's like. You have two or three victories, and boy, you start doing things and doing things and doing things, and all of a sudden you find out God wasn't in that last good thing that I did. He was in a couple before, but the last couple he wasn't in. First battle of Ai, God, uh, excuse me, the first battle of the, uh, Let me rephrase this because I'm going too fast. The battle of Jericho was all God's. And Joshua was totally submitted. First battle of Ai, God wasn't with uh, Joshua because God never, uh, Joshua never consulted God. God listened to what the people thought was a great idea. Turn to your neighbor and say, listening to you can get me in trouble. <laughs> now, it can also help you. I don't, you know if you're here with your wife, you guys are one, you're united. Pam and I are united. She's not going to get me in trouble, and I'm not going to get her in trouble. But the bottom line is, I don't care whether you are a husband or wife or who you are, everybody has to hear from God for themselves. And they have to know what God is saying. And so when you get to that point... You understand that God, Joshua made a mistake, but he learned from his mistake and he turned around and it was like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And we don't see him making that mistake again because he concentrated from that time on, on the word of God. God, what do you want me to do? What is your word to me? And you have to be careful as we wind down here, not to get just, these two are invaluable. The written word and the spoken word by the Holy Spirit that he's speaking to you. They are so important together because you can take the written word and you can say, let's see, I think I'll take uh, John 14, 14, kind of like me. I'll, I'll, take the, uh, I'll take the gallbladder. That's the lesser of the two evils. No, no, you can't do that. You got to go along with what you really got and then fight the fight of faith over it. But you can't just turn to John chapter 14, 14 and say, God, I'll tell you what, I want $50,000 for Stanley. I want it tomorrow morning so I and call him up and bless him because he's on his way over here. He's going to be in Chicago, and I'll expect it. No, no, that's not how it works. God does not work for us. We work for him. He may assign somebody else that task. And if we're trying to fulfill it, we just got a long, hard journey that we're going to fail at eventually because God's not in it. Turn to your name and tell him God's got a specific plan for your life. <clears throat> Now, when you're running your race, you're going to run it with endurance, and you're going to accomplish what God has for you. <clears throat> but I want, to, I want to leave you with this final scripture, and it's in the book of Galatians, chapter 6. And when I was reading this uh, this morning, I, I thought, God, this is really for me today. There are a couple of areas in my life where I just haven't seen it happen like I thought it would yet. Anybody out there have the same thing? It's just, it's been a long time and I still haven't seen it yet. And I can feel myself getting a little discouraged in that area. And what I have to do is refocus on what God said, not on the length of time it has taken, but on what God said. Abraham, 20 Five years until he saw the fulfillment of what God told him. Twenty-five years. It doesn't matter how much time elapses because I don't believe time is that important with God. I really don't. I don't know how that works. I just know it doesn't happen on my time frame, but it will happen on God's time frame. And this is what it says in the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Don't be deceived, verse 7. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. 
If you're sowing the Word of God into your meditation, into your speaking, into everything that you do, you're going to reap out of that Word. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, God's Word is Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I say that to each and every one of you. You will reap in due season. We don't know what due season means, but you will reap. Those things that God has shown you, you will reap. You stand for family members that aren't in the uh, walking with the Lord, you're going to reap. Don't don't let go. You are going to weep. Don't faint. Don't become weary in well-doing. And this is what the word weary means. It means, I think we've all been there at one time or another. It means extreme tiredness with a situation, fatigue, reluctance to see more of the same thing. I think that all of us, if we would allow ourselves to, could go to something that isn't working quite right and focus on that and start to become a little bit fatigued in that area of our life. But what we need to focus on is what has God done, what has God said he's going to do, and that is our focus. Let's stand. I believe God has great and mighty victories ahead for all of us as we continue into these end times. They're going to be exciting. It's going to be a time like no other time. And if you're focused on what God has shown you, and you believe and release your faith, you're going to be blessed in every area. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I know Pam prayed earlier, I believe, for anyone that did not know the Lord, but maybe somebody came in after we started the service, or maybe as the Word progressed and the Spirit of God moved that, you know, you've realized that your life isn't right. Maybe... Maybe you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe maybe you've strayed away from Him. You've walked away from the things of God, like that prodigal child. The good news is God loves you, but God wants you to come home. And if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, you have described me. I know my life is not right with God, but I want it to be. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you. We'll take just a moment. I see your hand over here. Is that your hand? Yeah. Are there others? You say, pray for me. I I know my life is not right. We'll wait just a moment. Yes, I see your hand all the way back there in the back. Others. See, the Holy Spirit, if, if, if it's you that isn't right with God, then the Holy Spirit is showing you right now. And it isn't because he wants to do anything to you other than to bring you home and to restore you to him because God loves you. Are there any others before we pray? You'd say, pray for me. Yes, I see your hand all the way over there. Yes. Are there others? It's the most powerful time in the service. People give their lives to the Lord, come back to the Lord. One more opportunity. Anyone else? You'd say, I know you're talking about me. I feel it. I feel the Lord showing me I'm not right with God. Those of you that lifted your hand all the way back there in the back, this gentleman over here, this lady over here, this lady back here. Come on down here. Give them a hand as they come. Come on down here. All the way over there. See if you can get me with this again. Yeah, keep it up. Keep it up. These are the, the angels in heaven are rejoicing at this very moment. 
Yeah. Yeah, keep keep it up. Life changing, life changing, life changing. Life changing. I'm glad you're here tonight, brother. I really am. God is a God of restoration. And though we sometimes slip and fall, he's always there for us. And God, from the very beginning of your entrance into this earth, had a plan for your life. It has never changed. It has never changed. As a matter of fact, the things that have happened to you in your life, and maybe even the things that you've done, God will turn it around and use it for good. And he will strengthen you in that area so that you can go out and touch other lives too. Stretch your hands out toward them. And let's, let's, we're all going to pray this prayer as we pray it together. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be everything that you've called me to be. Now, Father, I pray for these at this altar right now. I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to come in, to fill them to fullness. I thank you for the plan and the purpose that you have for their life. I thank you for the fellowship that they're going to develop in this church. If this is where you want them, this is where they want to be. We accept them. We accept them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Brad, come on down here. Give him one more hand. Brad's going to talk to you just for a moment. How many of you are here tonight? Just before we go, we want to pray for you real quickly. You know there are some areas in your life where you have become weary. Can I see your hands? Get them up there real high. Uh, Father, well, hallelujah. I'm going to have people lay hands on you. Next to you, it looks like everybody's hand is up. Stick it back up there again. My hand is up too. My hand is up too. Father, we repent of weariness. And Lord, we choose to focus upon you, upon your promise, upon your word, upon the leading of your precious Holy Spirit. We believe that we are on this earth, not by accident, but on divine appointment for the season that we are in. And we pray for your will to be done in the life of every single person. I bind weariness off of every person in the name of Jesus. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that their spirit man is going to focus on the word of God, on the leading of your spirit, and that the weariness is gone in the name of Jesus. And in his place is great hope and faith and joy to accomplish your plan and your purpose. We believe that's your will in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, let's make this confession right now, all of us. I rebuke all weariness off of my life. I am a child of God. I have the victory. I know who I am. I have abundance. I have the mind of Christ. I'm going from glory to glory. Nothing about the end times going to make me fearful. I'm ready for a good fight of faith. And I know this. I already have the victory. 
Can you say amen to that? Give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed.